Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December the 7th. In the year of our Lord, 2020, this is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced. We're convinced, ladies and gentlemen, that the checks and balances are the way to go. Peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth is the way to move forward. Revolution just ain't going to get it. I know a lot of people use the word revolution and peaceful in the same sentence. I think they misconstrue history to say the least. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you had a delightful weekend on Saturday. We talked about the Wisconsin Supreme Court. I guess it wasn't Saturday. It was Friday. We talked about this Saturday. We had a little break. I huh? did a rebroadcast. All right. Anyway, Wisconsin Supreme Court rejects Trump campaign lawsuit over absentee ballots. They say there's no fraud, but you know what? We see fraud everywhere. Wisconsin USPS subcontractor alleges backdating tens of thousands of mail-in ballots. Six reasons I'm not giving up on Trump. Joseph Fair doing a phenomenal job over at WND.com. Alexandra Seeley, 27 years old, was a witness. She put a handwritten affidavit out and said, hey, she saw fraud firsthand. Articles of impeachment filed against Ohio governor for abuse of power during the COVID pandemic. Fauci finally admits that children rarely spread COVID-19. Barack Obama, George W. Bush, and Bill Clinton have said they're all willing to get the coronavirus vaccine. They're willing to take the jab on video so you can watch them. They want you to know that the vaccines are safe and effective. And my question is, how would a George Bush, a Bill Clinton, and a Barack Obama know? They're not even doctors. How would they know if they're safe and effective? Could there be a placebo? Yeah, Don Campbell hosted the Perfect Storm radio program every evening on Republican Republic Broadcasting Network. Asked a question, in order to create false confidence in the vaccine, you think they might just give everybody a placebo? Placebo, that way they know everybody's safe and healthy? Anyway, one of our listeners sent me that. Good for Don Campbell. I think it's a great question to ask, to say the least. Hour two, why do people deny the danger of COVID-19, asks USA Today. And I asked a series of questions last week, too. <laughs> what do you mean, why do we <clears throat> deny the danger of COVID-19? We're not denying the danger. We're just merely saying we have to make a living. We have to survive. We have to have human relationships. We're not denying the danger. Why are you guys overstating the danger, though? Okay, Why are you belligerently acting like everyone's going to die? Why did you guys lie and say two weeks of flattening the curve back in what, May? March? Yeah, back in March. <clears throat> two weeks of flattening the curve and now it's been 10 months and you're not even done yet. In fact, your draconian agenda continues to ratchet up. And then you wonder why we deny the danger, huh? Is it a matter of denying the danger or a matter, matter of reality check saying we've got to live our lives, huh? Senator Ted Cruz tweeted, tweet, tweeted his support. Of a new pro-freedom single by Eric Clapton and Van Morrison. Yeah, it's called Stand and Deliver. It was written by Morrison, performed by Clapton. The goal is to save the live music industry. 
They're taking a lot of heat for it, but they simply say this. <laughs> We've got to get back to life. We've got to get back to doing what we do. And they're right. That's the point. We're not underestimating or denying the danger of anything. We're just telling you that at some point we have to live our lives. That's all. States elect or college clawbacks. I guess the plans are gaining momentum. Pennsylvania lawmakers insist certain election officials have ignored a lot of illegal acts. That's right. Legislatures and courts all across the country are ignoring flat-out vote fraud. That's the problem we face. See, I've never contended there's not vote fraud. There's vote fraud everywhere. I've just contended that our system's so corrupt that our leaders are going to allow it, and the American people aren't going to do anything about it. They're too engaged in whatever they're engaged in, right? Postal Service contractor delivered 144,000 ballots, and then, hey, they disappeared. You got more election fraud going on. But again, you know, Tucker Carlson says there's no fraud. So, you know, he reports, you decide, I guess, huh? Dominion contractor drops bombshell at Michigan hearing, says they were rescanning, counting ballots eight to ten times. Yeah, we know. U.S. District Judge orders Georgia County to stop software updates on the voting machines, reverses the order, reverses it again, going back and forth like a ping pong ball, twisting arms politically again. People don't know what to do. They fear for their lives, etc., etc. We've been through all this. Officials in Georgia issue statements on viral video of Dominion workers with USB drives, just plugging them in, manipulating votes. What do you expect? Donald Trump calls into Arizona during the voter fraud hearing, says we're fighting back. And I guess the uh, supervisor there, it's an L.A. supervisor, Sheila Cool is her name, dines at an outdoor restaurant just after voting to out to ban outdoor dining. So let's vote to ban the dining and then go dine out, I guess. It's all for you and I, not for them, huh? Shoppers on Walmart.com. Who pay a $98 a year membership now get free shipping on everything, not just above 35 bucks. The competition continues for Amazon. Salesforce to spend $27 billion to buy Slack. That's an interesting, uh, you know, twist in the software business. More and more and more consolidation continues, I guess. That's how it is. Without further ado, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. Welcome back, my friend. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Good to be with you. Man, we got a lot to cover. Joel Skousen spoke over the weekend, huh? Wow, he sure did, Sam. There in, uh, it, well, part of the Highland meeting. I, I kind of like how he introduced himself. Um, he said, you know, I make one, I, I give one presentation per year in Utah County, and this is it. <laughs> so, yeah, there were, uh, there was, uh, I mean, the place was crowded. The, the place was packed. I mean, standing room only. Um, Sam, it was fantastic, uh, wonderful, wonderful event. As you know, Joel draws a large crowd, and he, uh, but he has things to say there. He, he has uh, been consistent year after year, exposing the multiple lies of the, of the state. You know, they want us to believe in the boogeyman, uh, the the Red Scare, the, you know, the fall of the Soviet Union, one of the three greatest deceptions ever to be perpetrated on the globe. Um, and another another deception is the uh, the fall of the the twin uh, fall of uh, basically 9/11 and the uh, the war on terror that uh, uh, that followed that another great deception a grand deception and um, and then of course the third great deception Sam is this this uh, 
global pandemic, right? I mean, that is is the third huge, huge deception, all designed for the, the control of of you and me, uh, control of the people in every every country across this globe. So it was wonderful, Sam. Um, and in fact, we have now posted uh, uh, copies of his uh, presentation. Uh, you can you can get it on uh, YouTube if you search. Well, there's a channel there called LDS Conservative. That's the name of the channel, the YouTube channel, where his presentation is now posted. Uh, people can can see it for themselves, hear it for themselves, and and I strongly recommend it. Highly recommend it that people do just that. Well worth their time, Sam. He also went through a pretty interesting uh, tip about how to deal with masks in public, right? <laughs> oh, I love this. And this he, he not only mentioned in the talk, but put it in the World Affairs Brief, which he writes every week, every Friday. Uh, he publishes the World Affairs Brief, which uh, for those who sign up, and it's not expensive. It's, it's only like uh, roughly a buck a week, uh, but it is uh, the best buck you'll spend that week. Um, uh, anyway, he provided this brief dialogue that we really have to use when we uh, are challenged about a mask when we enter a store, and the, and the whole purpose of this, Sam, is to push back against the powers that be, the, uh, the, the, the governors and the mayors that are irrigating power under themselves, and uh, legislative power unto themselves by, you know, issuing these edicts and mandates and saying that you've got to wear a mask and, and so forth, even though the legislatures of your, of your respected jurisdictions have not gone along with it. Um, he says we should push back, and, and I agree with him. You know, so if if we, so here's here's a real simple uh, but uh, sample dialogue. Now I really like this dialogue. We would really do well just to memorize it. So you walk into a store, and the employee is going to challenge you, right? Employee is going to ask, "Do you have a mask, sir? Or would you like a mask, ma'am?" And uh, you just answer, "No, thank you. I'm not sick." And mask. Don't protect against viruses anyway, you know. Just, just very matter-of-factly, no thank you. I'm not sick. I don't pose a risk to anybody. And masks don't protect against viruses anyway. Well, and they'll probably ask you one more question. You know, well, they can help, sir, and the governor has required them in all places of business, right? I mean, they'll, they'll go to the, they'll state the, the authority of the governor or whatever, and say, you're supposed to be wearing a mask, and all businesses are supposed to comply. And uh, then you can reply, um, uh, well, masks are also unhealthy. I need to breathe fresh air. And as for the governor, the governor's emergency edicts are not the law when they're not ratified by the legislature. In other words, point out the fact that uh, legislation comes from the legislature, right, not the executive. It comes from the legislative branch. And so, you know, making that point is important. Also, simply stating that masks are unhealthy. I need to breathe fresh air. Um, it's, it's the right thing to do, Sam. Quick pause, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the incredible speech Joel Skousen gave last Friday. It's available up online, LDS Conservative. Check it out.
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999 or go to defendapatriot.com. DefendAPatriot.com. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Joel Scowls and WorldAffairsBrief.com speaks last Friday at the Highland meeting. There's an archive of it. You can watch it, ladies and gentlemen, anywhere in the world via the YouTube channel, LDS Conservative. Check that out. Lil Nelson's with us. He was just talking about how this... Um, Effort, if you will, preparedness tip, how to respond when asked to wear a mask. And so, hey, they say, well, the governor mandates it. And, well, the governor doesn't make law. He's not in the right branch. That's a legislative responsibility there. And the legislator has slapped the governor a couple of times over this very issue already, Lowell. They certainly have, Sam. In fact, the Highland meeting in January, we're going to discuss the state's emergency powers. Um, that meeting will be on Friday, January 8th. And uh, we're going to have some citizen experts there, citizens like you and me, Sam, who have been studying this issue for months. And, uh, you know, the law, they've been uh, reading the, the, uh, the Utah Constitution about, uh, the, you know, the need for due process of law. If a citizen's going to be deprived of life, liberty, or property, you know, then you've got to have due process, for example. And how that's being violated by these lockdowns, by these edicts. Not only will we have citizen experts there talking uh, to us, but uh, we're, we're inviting some legislators who have done some, some serious thinking about the subject as well. And uh, they, will, they will be there to, to listen and learn and provide feedback and let us know what they're thinking about uh, doing in the upcoming session. should be very good. Um, that, uh, that'll be our, our January meeting. We have these Highland meetings. We have them uh, usually on the first Friday of, of every month. Uh, Ten months out of the year, uh, September through June, uh, but the, the, the because the New Year's Day is the first Friday.
Friday of January. We've we've moved the first Friday meeting in, in January to be January 8th. But the thing that's intriguing will be our topic, uh, not only addressed by citizen experts, but by legislators friendly to the cause of liberty. So that's uh, it's going to be a very good discussion, I think, and one one that uh, that I'll report on, of course, here. And um, and, and I'm pretty excited about about it. Hey, man, to that, just... really quick, I think that um, Joel Skousen in his World Affairs Brief wrote about this, so he might have mentioned it in his talk as well. Mm-hmm. Vaccine mandate coming via negative incentives. Did he highlight that a little bit? Yeah, we did talk. He did talk about that, Sam. Um, the way they're going to, you know, they're not going to knock your door down with, uh, you know, a thousand, uh, you know, SWAT uh, uh, troops, uh, you know, just going through the town systematically doing that. What they're going to do instead, they're going to incentivize you to get, you know, they may do it with money. They may they get, they may bribe you with a, a $600 or $1,200 or something if you go get a vaccine. Um, uh, they may uh, make it, uh, they, he talked about the airlines. Maybe it will be the airlines who will not accept uh, you as a traveler on their airline unless you can prove that you've been vaccinated. A uh, certificate of immunity, for example, or a certificate of vaccination, that type of thing. And so they will probably come to big corporations where, you will not be able to work uh, for a corporation uh, unless you take the jab. I think that's true already for me- uh, workers in the medical field. You know, if you work for a hospital, for example, I think you have to, to be vaccinated in order to continue to, you, to work there. And I think that will become, uh, Joel suggested that will be become more commonplace as well, not just in the medical world and uh, the scientific community, but big corporations, you know, uh, Walmarts and uh, you know the big, the big, uh, the big box store, big box stores, um, and so you're going to be squo- squeezed, frozen, you know, out of your work. You'll you'll be squo- squeezed in in every way possible um, uh, to take this jab voluntarily, and and probably, Sam, most people will probably do it. You know, they be and and we'll probably have some. Well, and they almost have no choice. It reminds me of tax incentives, you know, where hey, yeah. you got to register your kids, you got to give them a social security number, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. And when you get all that done, then of course, if you add your ta- kids and their social security numbers and their birth dates and all that kind of stuff to your tax return, uh, they'll just let you have a ton of cash. And so, in the end of the day, it's going to be very, very difficult. They won't hold you down and give you the jab. That's too draconian. They've got many other ways. So the headline says vaccine mandate coming via negative incentives. Watch for that. Anyway, Joel Skousen's speech, LDS conservative. If you want to check that out, it's available online. A great speech. Joel does a phenomenal job, and he has his world affairs brief every week, every Friday. Trouble uh, or commentary on a troubled world coming your way, ladies and gentlemen. Worldaffairsbrief.com. Check that out. Now, I guess the Utah Senate. Uh, District 14, I guess they're having a special election. Don't you see more special elections than usual? This is crazy. <laughs> well, Senator Dan Hammert, uh, who has been serving as the senator for Senate District 14, that's mostly Utah County. That's a big chunk of Utah County. I think, I think back to, yeah, it's entirely within Utah County. So I'm. So, this is very local. Uh, I know we have a national audience, Sam, but I, I just mentioned this to point out the importance of your involvement in your, you know, civic uh, in, in civic affairs in wherever you live, you know, whether it's your community, your county, your state, whatever, 
uh, you need to be involved. You need to have your ear to the ground and keep keep aware of what's going on around you because this kind of an opportunity uh, is is kind of uh, rare. Uh, you know, when when a senator he, he's he's resigning in order to fill an appointment. This is I'm thinking of Dan Hammer. Uh, to fill an appointment as the director of the government's Office of uh, Economic De Development. Now, this is an important post. It's a cabinet position, basically, of the governor here in the state of Utah. The new governor-elect, Spencer Cox, uh, he'll become official next year. Um, and so, you know, we, we have to fill that vacancy. And the way we do that in Utah is that the county delegates of the county in which that uh, Utah Senate district resides, uh, they come together in a special convention election to fill that vacancy. And uh, and so th the timeline for that, just it might be of interest to your listeners, I don't know, candidate filing opens on Monday, today at 8 o'clock, so just in a few minutes here, uh, and then they'll have three days, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, to file. The filing deadline is Wednesday, 5 p.m., end of business on, on Wednesday. So basically these three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to file. And then they, they produce campaign videos because, again, this is the world of COVID, right? And so they're saying we're just going to have to make some videos and we'll, we'll pass those along to all of the county delegates in Senate District 14. There will be a virtual Meet the Candidates event on Saturday, December 19th at 9 a.m. Then the virtual, then the polling will happen on Monday, um, December 28th, basically. Um, it opens uh, on Monday, December 28th at midnight, and then closes Tuesday, December 29th at 5 p.m. So roughly, um, you know, roughly just one day of voting. So a special election voting day uh, on on Tuesday, December 29th. That's the day when delegates will cast their votes electronically, probably. And uh, so we're going to have to watch that election very closely to make sure your your vote gets counted, cast and counted accurately. And um, and so that's basically the timeline for the special election. Now, uh, social media is just a blaze, Sam, <laughs> with people who may run for this, uh, the seat. Uh, former state rep Michael Kennedy, uh, current state rep Bre uh, Brady Brammer, current state rep Kevin Stratton, to name just a few. And uh, my personal favorite is Michael Kennedy. Uh, he was... Uh, he was very solid when serving previously. He was in the legislature for six years. He served this uh, district in which I live, and he sat in my living room several times as we vetted him and, and worked with him, came to know his mind and the way he makes decisions. Um, he, um, in uh, 2018, he ran for the U.S. Senate. In fact, he beat Mitt Romney at convention, 51 uh, to 49 percent. Beat him at convention, but then lost in the primary. So... We, we definitely need more liberty-loving strength. In well, the that's, Utah that's where that big money coming to Utah, manipulation of how the delegates of the caucus process used to work and everything else, and big mm -hmm. money literally overturned that reality, didn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's the fruit of SB 54, which is a law passed in 2014, which uh, gave candidates of any stripe the opportunity simply to raise uh, raise signatures. I mean, pay cash for the signatures of people who want them in office, and then they they get to, they get to be on the uh, primary, and then they get to use. So media. it's literally a move towards a democracy quote mandate, mm -hmm. pay to play, 
democracy style circumvented the caucus delegate counts in Utah. And that's why a lot of people look at Utah and go, why the heck would you guys elect a senator like Romney? I'm not so sure that we did, sir. Yeah, yeah. Who who knows whether we really did or not, because the the votes, uh, tallies, the machines, I mean, there was probably some Smartmatic software in there. I mean, who knows? Uh, Because we were not looking, we were not scrutinizing our election process as closely back then as we are and should be today, Sam. Amen to that. All right. Anyway, I know that's a local issue in Utah, but we bring it up because it's eerily similar in your state, in your area. You got to watch these candidates. You got to get to know them. You got to vet them. And you got to put on the record as transparently as you can who they really are. Quick pause. Lowell Nelson in seconds on Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Former New York City Mayor and President Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani was admitted to MedStar Georgetown University Hospital after testing positive for China virus over the weekend. Rudy tweeted, Thank you to all my friends and followers for all the prayers and kind wishes. I'm getting great care and feeling good, recovering quickly, and keeping up with everything. End quote. California lockdowns by Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom is being met with strong resistance as 85% of California residents are demanded they stay at home because of the China virus. Mayor Garcetti and Gavin Newsom is responsible for every single person that doesn't have unemployment, that does not have a job, and all the businesses that are going under. And we need your help. We need somebody to do something about this. Sherman Oaks, California restaurant owner Angela Marsden is the proprietor of Pineapple Hill Saloon and Grill. You're listening to USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. The product that you have given me here is, as far as I'm concerned, sent to me from heaven. I love it a great deal. It's hard to find anything that's real nowadays. I enjoy it immensely. It's making my life so much better. I feel so much better. And during this pandemic, I have no worries whatsoever. My immune system has got to be at a top-notch level. I don't seem to get colds or anything. I don't know what getting sick is anymore. This is so cool. Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. As the Food and Drug Administration looks into approving Pfizer's China virus vaccine on Thursday, what can you expect when you get the shot? USA Radio News' Dan Naraki tells us more. A vaccine against the coronavirus may be days away from receiving an emergency use authorization from the Food and Drug Administration. The agency will meet on December 10th to decide whether to issue the EUA for Pfizer's vaccine. So if approved, what side effects will people experience? Glenda Shields was part of the trial study for the Pfizer vaccine and tells Fox News about the side effects that he experienced after getting the shot. I had never really had a reaction to a vaccine before, and I did have a reaction to this one. Uh, I had, I mean, headaches and fatigue were the big thing. I didn't take, you know, any kind of like aspirin or ibuprofen on the first shot. The second shot I did, and, I, and it basically it muted all the effects. It was about 24 hours worth, and then there was a lot of shot site pain. 
probably 48 to 72 hours. From the USA Radio News, Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. USA Radio News. All right, Lowell Nelson with us, CampaignForLiberty.org, doing a phenomenal job. So, ladies and gentlemen, there's an article in the latest World Affairs Brief from Joel Skousen. <clears throat> the headline says this, What Trump Can Do Before Leaving Office, WorldAffairsBrief.com. So, you know, um, what can Trump still do? And there's a lot that he can do. He can pardon a lot of people, Steve Stockman, Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, just to get started. There's a lot of things he could do. He could bring the troops home. He could make a lot of difference. But there's a next headline that relates to this. But I bring that up to give Joel Skousen a plug and to highlight kind of a more holistic view of this point. Trump pardons Flynn. It's a good start, Lowell? Yes, that's uh, an article by Ron Paul posted at campaignforliberty.org, uh, wherein he's just talking about the pardon that uh, President Trump granted to General Michael Flynn a couple weeks ago. Uh, Flynn was his uh, national security advisor, and um, in a White House statement announcing the pardon, the administration pointed out that the relentless pursuit of Flynn was a partisan effort to overturn the results of the 2016 election. He says, uh, he's right here, quote, the pursuit of Flynn was spearheaded by people who refused to accept the results of the 2016 election and worked to undermine the peaceful transfer of power. Uh, said the White House, these same people are the ones accusing Trump of undermining the election uh, by challenging what appears to be serious voting irregularities in the 2020 presidential election, end of quote. So this is what's called projection, <laughs> folks. You know, when you accuse someone else of whatever corrupt action you are taking, right? So the, 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 these people are accusing, you know, Trump and, and his campaign of doing what they did you know, in stealing the election for Biden. Uh, Ron continues, he says here, in order to uh, push the false narrative that Trump was somehow elected due to the intervention of Russian President Vladimir Putin, the coup masters had to make it appear that a high-ranking official was involved in monkey business with the Russians. Flynn was the unlucky victim of their smear machine, accused of Russian collusion over an innocent telephone call with the then-Russian ambassador in Washington during the transition to a Trump administration. So, you know, he goes on here. It's a fine article. Ron Paul, he applauds Trump's action in pardoning Flynn. But then he says, you know, Trump could really do a lot more than that. He ought to pardon other good people, people like Edward Snowden and Julian Assange. Uh, and, in fact, he mentions this uh, bill that uh, Tulsi Gabbard has, um, has, has uh, sponsored. Um, and, and Tulsi Gabbard told President Trump, since you're giving pardons to people, you ought to Pardon those who at great personal sacrifice, he says, expose the deception and criminality of those in the deep state. Well, it turns out the representative, Thomas Massey, one of my heroes, is a co-sponsor on Gabbard's legislation, House Resolution 1175. That's House Resolution 1175. Ron writes, and I agree, quote, Edward Snowden and Julian Assange are not criminals. They are heroes for telling us the truth about what criminals in government were doing in our name and with our money. The fact is, we were lied into war over and over again. While those wars were profitable for the military-industrial congressional media complex, they snuffed out the lives of hundreds of thousands of innocent people overseas 
and robbed our own children and grandchildren of trillions of dollars wasted on neocon lies. And meanwhile, as Ed Snowden showed us, the intelligence community declared us the enemy and set up an elaborate internal spy network that would make the East German Stasi green with envy, end of quote. So, wow, Sam. Ron ends his column hoping that President Trump will also pardon Assange and Snowden and any other truth-teller like, like uh, Steve Stockman, who faces persecution for exposing the deep state warmongers. He says this, Sam. He ends with this. He says, the idea that journalists who do their job and expose criminality in high places are treated like traitors is deeply dangerous in a free society, end of quote. You know, I, I think of Jerome Corsi, too, Sam. I mean, he's out there exposing uh, the deep state, and I worry for him. I worry for Steve Stockman. I worry for Snowden and Assange and many, many others. The innocents, you, you might mention the, the innocents who are languishing in jail right now because of the deep state. Sam, well, I appreciate your making this public, and I urge our listeners to, to call their their public servants in Congress and ask them to co-sponsor House Resolution 1175. Let's get Trump thinking about this. Let's give him a reason to pardon other innocents and whistleblowers. Sam? Trump, please pardon Steve Stockman, Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, and others. I'm going to add that. And others, because this is critical, and this is where the deep state, it's amazing to me how the deep state, when they feel wronged, they have power to literally shut people down and put people in jail, ask Flynn. But yet, when we have a problem with somebody, we can't get much done on it, lol. Yeah, see, and that's, that's the rub. He needs pressure, but if he, if he will respond to pressure, he's a consummate politician, right? And politicians bend to the will of the people. It happens over and over again, we need to make our will known. And I mean known, insistently known, and they will bend. So let's do that, folks. We talked about the passing of Walter E. Williams because we talk about Walter's columns on the radio quite a bit, and wisely so. But now there's two other people that are actually uh, saying, rest in peace, Walter Williams. Ron Paul's one of them, and uh, Thomas DiLorenzo is another. They both have great articles, Lowell. Yes, uh, Ron's is posted at campaignforliberty.org, and the one by Thomas DiLorenzo is posted at lourockwell.com. And I just mention this because I I want uh, Walter Williams known as uh, a liberty guy. He's very solid, and he pulled no punches. I mean, you read his stuff, and you get the straight scoop, right? You don't get this namby-pamby, politically correct stuff, pablum, that's uh, fed to us by the corporate press. I mean, Walter Williams was amazing. And, and he, particularly in the area of free market economics, you know, Ron Paul writes this, he says, quote, with the passing of Walter Williams, the liberty movement has lost one of its sharpest, brightest, and wittiest advocates. Through his work as a professor, author, columnist, speaker, and guest host for Rush Limbaugh, back when Rush was good, I'll insert, Ron didn't say that, I said that. (laughs) Walter educated millions of Americans in free market economics. He also gave those already converted to the cause of liberty invaluable intellectual ammunition for our battle against the status, end of quote. Um, And then, you know, turning to Thomas DiLorenzo, we're not reading the whole article, these whole big long 
articles, folks, and they're well worth just reading over. But I just took a highlight from Ron's piece, Ron's tribute, and another highlight from Thomas uh, DiLorenzo's highlight uh, in a fitting tribute to Walter Williams. He says, Walter never pulled his punches in the classroom or anywhere else. When he got to the section of the course on labor economics and the economics of discrimination, he shocked his audiences of mostly freshman Econ 101 students by reminding them that discrimination is not always a bad or a negative thing. For example, he would say when he was looking for a wife, he discriminated against fat women, ugly women, and white women. <laughs> this is Walter <laughs> And that, that was long before Americans' youth were conditioned since kindergarten to swoon over such language, instigate riots, or set fire to campus buildings, end of quote. You may remember, Sam, that that's exactly what we discussed last week, the virtues of discrimination and even prejudice. Even though these are not politically correct concepts, right, they are a fact of life. We do discriminate all the time. In and our and by the way, we life. always will, and they always discriminate against the Christians and the patriots, don't they? Now they do. It's, it's very hypocritical of them to do so, but that's exactly what they do. Just one other paragraph from uh, DiLorenzo's tribute I really liked. He says, back in those days, Walter's office was adorned with a framed picture of his daughter, who he doted over, and a Confederate flag. <laughs> When's the last time you saw a Confederate flag in the, in the office of a black man, right? He says, when a visitor asked why a black man like himself had a Confederate flag in his office, he said it was to give him the opportunity to explain the virtues of secession to whoever asked about it. And, of course, I would use it to explain the virtues of nullification as well as the virtues of secession to whoever asked me about my Confederate flag. So remember, folks, we are a republic of republics, as envisioned by the founders. And each state is a test tube of liberty, so to speak. This diversity is what allows those on the left to congregate in urban areas if they want, and those on the right to disperse into rural areas throughout the country if they want. People can go to states where they feel most comfortable, and that's the type of confederacy of, you know, of a republic of, of states. Uh, this confederacy is being lost as the general government gathers size and strength and reach. Well, states, we got to push back against this encroachment. we we got to check the power of the general government, Sam. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Rest in peace, Walter Williams, my friend. You can check out Ron Paul's column about it, and you can check out Thomas DiLorenzo's column about it as well. When we get back, we'll talk vaccines on your radio. Regrets? Oh, we're all gonna have them. Doesn't matter who you are or what you do, at some point you're gonna wish you'd done something differently. You know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas. But let me tell you a couple of things you'll never regret. You'll never regret spending extra time talking to your teenager. Trust me. You'll never regret answering your three-year-old's question about where the water in the bathtub comes from. And I've never seen anyone wish they hadn't sat in the kitchen laughing with their children and telling them goofy stories about when they were kids. Yeah, sure, we're all gonna have regrets. 
but talking too much with our kids won't be one of them. No matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? I believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass. I don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life born and not yet born. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. All right, live and on your radio, Lowell. Nelson, campaignforliberty.org with us. Man, are we talking about a lot of things. Donald Trump, please pardon. Steve Stockman, Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, and others. Why COVID-19 vaccinations will not save the world. Incredible article by Bill Sardi, Lowell. Bill Sardi is one of the columnists at DoolRockwell.com uh, that I really like to read. John Rappaport is another one. Uh, these two gentlemen and, and others are always putting together information, that, well, have been over the past eight, nine months, about uh, the COVID-19, and uh, how, how big of a farce it is and, and how it's being pushed on us and, and so forth. Uh, the, um, uh, the, the test, the PCR test, why they are... Uh, Bringing out so many false positives. I mean, these gentlemen have are are, are journalists that really uh, you you ought to be reading if you are if you haven't uh, been doing so already. Bill Sardi, his last name is S A R D I, Sardi. Bill Sardi and, and John Rappaport. Anyway, Bill has a, another great column of tidbits about COVID nineteen posted at LouRockwell.com, several of which um, I think are important and worth worth reviewing here this this morning. A good fever is needed to produce long-lasting antibodies, end of quote, right? A good fever is necessary if you want to produce long-lasting antibodies. Now, this is very interesting because it, it flies in the face of what the medical community wants you to believe about fevers. What, what, what do they say? When a person gets a fever, what should you do? Well, the medical community would have you believe that you should bring down that fever. You've got to get rid of the fever because it's going to damage your brain, you know. Well, I'm here to tell you, Sam, that a fever is one of the first responses and most important responses of your immune system. If you, got, if you have bacteria, pathogens, viruses, whatever, in your body that are building up, the body recognizes this, and it will generate a fever it will swing into action, generate a fever in order to to basically burn these pathogens up, to, to rid the body of the pathogens. This is a normal health response. A fever is a normal, healthy thing for the body to do. 
you know, this the your audience, Sam, your audience is is built. On, I mean, is full of liberty loving people, many of whom already know what I'm talking about, and some of whom perhaps this might be new information. But if it's new to you, then recognize that your body knows best, right? Your body was designed by a creator to to to, to navigate this this world of pathogens, this ocean of pathogens in which we live, and to do so and, and vanquish millions and billions of these pathogens over your lifetime, right? That's what your immune system was built to do. And, but you've got to build your health. In fact, Joel talked about this in his uh, talk on Friday night, Sam, the importance of building health, meaning not you, you, need, to, you need to eat the right foods, you need to get lots of sunshine, fresh air, exercise, rest. I mean, all of these are elements of building strong health. You need to, to, to push yourself, push your exercise envelope. If you're not exercising, you're not running or walking or canoeing or swimming or whatever, then you are not building the health that you're going to need in order to survive this great reset that's coming, right? I mean, you've got to have a strong body. So, so that's the first point from Bill Sardi's article that I really want to make a point of about the importance of a fever. I mean, uh, yeah, I agree that a fever of 105 is probably too high, and if that, if if your fever reaches that temperature, then you might want to cool the forehead with a wa a wet washcloth. That's probably reasonable. That's a good thing, but don't get rid of the fever altogether because that's your body, your bodily body response, your immune system response to the pathogens that are infesting your body. And if you if you kill that fever with some drug or some pill you're popping, then you, all you're doing is you're, you're, you're uh, allowing those pathogens that are infesting your body and building up in your body to, to propagate and, and, and overtake your body. And that's a bad thing. So a fever is good occasionally, and it builds long-lasting antibodies. That's the point the is point. do not circumvent your body's ability to respond to develop the antibodies required to vanquish the illness. Lowell? Absolutely right, Sam. Now, he mentions garlic. Um, garlic is a marvelous herb. Uh, you know, it's a plant. <laughs> I call it an herb, but it's just a garden plant. Uh, garlic activates the immune system. We really should be eating more fresh raw garlic. Um, you, know, you crush it immediately before consuming it and, um, and, 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 and eat garlic. You know, garlic was worn by the people who survived the uh, the Black Plague uh, in Europe that swept Europe and killed millions of people, right? I mean, garlic uh, is is what you would wear around your neck uh, all day long to, to avoid the plague. So and there is a, a great deal of truth to that. And so we th this is just one point in this article, but if you want to enjoy total, full, robust health, then you really ought to eat some fresh raw garlic more more often. So I thought that was a, a good point to make. Uh, Bill writes this. He says, quote, infection produces a health benefit. <laughs> Again, this is, this is counterintuitive because what does the medical community tell you about infection? What do they say? Well, you should avoid infection. You should wear a mask and, and you should avoid, you know, this, this virus. Well, I've been saying from the very beginning, Sam, to welcome the virus welcome the opportunity because it's going to prime your body with the antigens, the antibodies and so forth to, pre, to, to protect
protect you. It gives you lifelong immunity, you know, to the, the coronavirus. The more people who get infected, then the fewer who will need vaccination. We really need to build our health, folks. And, and so all this time, the past eight, nine months, I've been telling people, don't avoid exposure. Welcome the exposure. And I often give them the example of, you know, when our neighbors, when I was a kid, and the neighbors got the mumps, then we got sent down to play with the neighbors to make sure we got the mumps too. And when we got the measles, well, up came the neighbors to play with us to make sure they got the measles. That was the normal uh, routine, the standard uh, routine that we followed when I was a kid. You know, our parents knew that. Your parents knew that, Sam. And for some and it was reason, a natural immunity discussion, though. The goal wasn't really to get sick, but the goal was to have your body go through the necessary um, uh, requirements, meaning get the sickness, build antibodies. The goal was really to create a herd immunity to this disease. And if you did that all the time, you know, hey, uh, the only people that would basically get sick after a while would be the new generation that needed to develop their immunities. And it worked quite well until the vaccine makers wanted to make a bunch of cash. Exactly right. And and that's when, uh, and Joel mentioned this too, about the rise in autoimmune diseases appeared in the 60s and 70s and 80s when vaccines became, you know, quote unquote, mandatory for our school children. Uh, in order to go to public school, for example, you had to take the jab or you had to file a, a religious exemption uh, certificate with the school board or whatever. And because of that, we had, uh, we, we have a generation, two, two generations now of people with autoimmune diseases. And that is because of these vaccines. Vaccines are very dangerous for this reason. And Joel talked about this. We really need to avoid the vaccines, the current ones and the ones who are coming. You know, they plot. Well, and I don't know if you'll be able to avoid the ones coming up or not, but the way they're behaving, I'm not so sure that you're going to be able to avoid it. But a couple of quick stories from Joe Biden that highlights this reality. First one. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden calls for 100 days of mask wearing. Now, I don't know if 100 will turn into 400 or what will happen there, but that's an interesting tidbit. Then people kind of freaked out and asked Joe about it. And Joe Biden said that he would not impose a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate. He added that he would still encourage all Americans to go ahead and take the jab and wear a mask because it's the, quote, right thing to do. But no, I don't think it should be mandatory, he says. Your response, Lowell? Well, yeah, we were told in March, uh, just let's, uh, just these two weeks, let's flatten the curve, just, just stay, you know, out of people's faces for two weeks. Just two weeks, Sam, that's what we were told. And that became two months, and it, it'll become two years. And, you know, so you, you, you can't believe politicians. They lie to you all day long. You can't believe Joe Biden when he says, well, we'll just have 100 days of, of, of mask-wearing mandates. You know that you know that that's a lie from the very beginning, and masks are, are unhealthy anyway. You know you don't want to be breathing the pathogens that you breathed into your mask yesterday. You don't want to put that mask on and be breathing in the pathogens. They're unhealthy, so so just let's just get you just get rid of them and challenge those who would want you to wear a mask. And uh, you you don't have to patronize their business. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that for them. And don't succumb to the uh, legis- uh, I mean the uh, the executive mandates of your governor and your your uh, mayor and your county health department director. Those that's not legislation. It's simply scare tactics to get you to comply. That, that's kind of my response.
Yeah, and this is Joe Biden telling everybody that he won't force the jab and won't force the mask. This is the guy that said that he would honor the election process and not declare uh, that he was the winner before uh, all, you know, I's were dotted and T's were crossed. In other words, certified in all the different states until the Electoral College had a chance to vote. He promised he wouldn't declare uh, victory until all those things were done uh, in the latest debate, uh, and he lied. And so that's the kind of trust you can um, walk into the bill, I mean, to the uh, Joe uh, Biden administration with the dishonesty of Joe right from the get-go, Lowell. Well, and I think this is why it's so important for states and local jurisdictions to exert their own sovereignty, right? I mean, a state is supposed to check the power of the general government. If a Joe Biden gets into office and he, you know, issues a nationwide edict of some kind, you know, states, we need to push back. We need to we need to ignore that type of a, of a mandate and uh, and check the power of the general government. That's the, the duty of a state legislature. And so I'm just telling you, we need to get ready, folks. And come January, we need to come out swinging. We need to be prepared. We need to be talking to our legislators and make sure that they have the backbone to nullify any edict that comes out, any executive order that comes out from the president, uh, you know, that uh, lies outside the, the bounds of this blueprint for liberty, the Constitution. The uh, point is the, the checks States. and balances, ladies and gentlemen, are critical, but they only exist if you and I insist on making sure that they apply here in modern times. It's something that we need to take seriously. We have a republic if we can keep it or what the founding fathers kind of said. And we need to understand our role and our responsibilities there as well. And if our legislative membership on the local level and the state level don't do their dual sovereignty duty, then we need to fire them and find somebody else who well, speaking of that, will we have somebody inaugurated on January 20th, or will it be delayed because of turmoil and lawsuits and everything else? And if so, who will it be, Lol, Final point. Well, I don't think the deep state is going to let uh, Trump be reelected. Uh, they, I just don't believe it. And uh, so we, we're going to have Joe Biden, and it's not going to be quite as fast a uh, slip into tyranny as thought, but it will nevertheless that take that direction and so you know they're going to impose whatever left burden of tyranny on us we tolerate amen to that will trump run in 2024 their allegations are there yeah he won't uh, he's going to lose this election because of the deep state and they're not going to let him run in 24 all right there you have it that's lowell's opinion to which he's uh, entitled there you have it thank you lowell you're welcome sam campaignforliberty.org doing a phenomenal job i'm sam bushman kirk crosby's with me Ladies and gentlemen, we got a row to hoe to defend the sacred cause of liberty, but give, never give up. God, family, and country, this nation shall in. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, Kirk Crosby, the good Dr. Scott Bradley in the house. This is the broadcast for December the 7th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Dr. Bradley, welcome to this uh, Monday Beautiful Day broadcast, sir. 
It is indeed a beautiful day, but it is also frosty uh, up in my neck of the woods anyway, 18 degrees right now. So, you know, that's, uh, I guess, to be expected in December. But it sure doesn't look like uh, Christmas. I mean, the snowfall has been slow, and I'm wondering, uh, you know, if a drought has been proclaimed. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's a little cooler. It's actually 15 outside. Is it really? Boy, I'm in a banana belt now. <laughs> there you have it, Kurt. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. Amen to that. All right. The mainstream press says this, Dr. Bradley. Biden officially secures enough votes to become president. California certifies its presidential electors on Friday. I guess it was 55, and they say now that brings Joe's tally to 279. And uh, I find that interesting against the backdrop of all we uh, know about the elections and, and the fraud and the different discussions to be had. you want to respond to that first? You know, I mean, surprise, surprise. Oh, my goodness. Uh, newsflash, California certifies for Biden. I mean, who didn't predict this uh, 25 years ago? I mean, well, maybe not 25, but at least 10. I mean, we have got to be fools to think that this thing is uh, is just something that we've all got to just bow down and take a knee on. California has been that stronghold for the socialist movement for so long. It's not even funny. But, uh, yeah, sure, they have 53 congressmen, 50, I mean, two, two senators for a total of 55, and yep, indeed. Uh, and anybody, I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't look at the, uh, the news reports on election night, but my guess is they could have turned that one into a blue state uh, before the election even started. So I'm not a bit surprised, but, yes, indeed, there is much uh, much smoke and potentially much fire that's out there still, and the lame brain media has been basically trumpeting. Uh, maybe that's not a good term. Anyway, they've been proclaiming the uh, the victory of Biden since early uh, election night, Tuesday, the November third, and uh, and so yeah, it's it's their word that this is it. It's done. It's and and really the way they're spinning this is so diabolical that uh, any if it does get overturned in all of the activities that are going on, uh, there'll be a, a revolutionary response by the, uh, you know, the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter and all of the uh, Marxist origins kind of uh, movements. And, and it, it will be violent, I'm, I'm predicting, if it does get overturned. I, It'll be violent talk- probably either way, sad to say, I'm predicting. Now, I believe it's really the media is the reason that President Trump can't get to the truth on this. We've already got plenty of evidence. Uh, you got the Fox leader, Tucker Carlson, and others saying, hey, there's no evidence. They lie. There is plenty of evidence. But unless you can get the media to tell the truth enough where the average American can get it, See, the average American can't put enough pressure on anybody to make a difference because they don't know the details of the truth because the mainstream press has a virtual blackout, not only a blackout on the truth, but a manipulation uh, telling the fake news lies over and over. So I told you about the mainstream press saying, hey, Joe just got enough electoral votes or whatever, 55 in California. Now he's got 279. Therefore, he's officially 
uh, the winner. But you're not officially the winner, ladies and gentlemen, until all the states are certified, number one. And number two, until the electoral college votes. And number three, until you clear up any uh, allegations of fraud or redress of grievances expected by the president of the United States. And I'll make the point with several headlines that contrast the mainstream press's lies. Here they are. Georgia's Governor Brian Kemp calls for a signature audit after smoking gun video services. So even Kemp wasn't backing the truth, but now forced to by a smoking gun video that came out. President Donald Trump's legal team on Sunday now got permission from a judge and now is um, they they began forensic analysis on 22 voting machines in Michigan after a judge in the state allowed them to do so, saying, hey, there's enough smoke here. Um, Now, Giuliani's calling it a big win for honest elections. Joe Kovacs writes the article in WND.com. I don't trust Giuliani. Uh, and what I think that they're going to always say is, yeah, there's vote fraud. Yeah, there were problems with the machines. Yeah, there were everything everybody's alleging is true, but not enough to move the needle, not enough to change the game. That's how they're going to try to lie and wiggle their way out of this. But the next headline says this. Um, Kurt, they got a video now. Georgia vote counters. Kurt. Well, that's right, Sam. Um, there are videos uh, basically showing uh the vote counters reaching up under uh, tables after um, almost everybody disappeared, um, and uh, about four of them remained, pulling out uh, suitcases, what looked like to be suitcases with ballots, and uh, just basically going ahead with uh, tabulating or counting those ballots. So uh, after the media leave, and, and after a lot of the different count folks were told to leave because they were going to stop counting, they literally waited until everybody was gone. They pulled suitcases out from under desks and started recounting. They did this in full knowledge, and it got all caught on video to the point where now Georgia Governor Kemp vote suitcase video concerning. It would be good for the Secretary of State to explain exactly what's going on. The answer is you'd have to say vote fraud, Kurt. Well, it's pretty. Uh, I mean, it's like, uh, what's what about that nose on your face? I mean, it's it's there, and uh, there's so many of these instances. Uh, you know, you're just. Uh, I mean, I think you're just up in the night if you don't recognize that. And now, uh, in a late breaking uh, piece from yesterday, the Trump campaign is now. Uh, asking that the uh, Georgia folks will just uh, redo the election. It says uh, the headline or the uh, piece from Western Journal says uh, to allow Georgia's presidential election results to stand uncontested and its presidential electors chosen based upon election results that are erroneous, unknowable, not in accordance with the election code and unable to be replicated with certainty constitutes a fraud. Uh, upon petitioners and the citizens of Georgia, an outcome that is unlawful and must not be permitted. Uh, respondents, uh, anyway, the bottom line is they request a, uh, well, another election. Not a recount, in, in but a redo, the, uh, another election. The problem that I have right, with that whole idea Georgia. is that there's no no hope that we'll have a, an honest election the second go-round unless they put some real change in place, which they're not even really openly discussing. Dr. Bradley? You know, it's it's astounding to me, utterly, completely, and totally astounding to me that this is being spun in a partisan manner 
this is everything that hinges. I mean, we're at a hinge point in America right now, and if we can't have free elections, honest elections, that are not uh, tainted with fraud, and they have been for many, 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 many decades, but the fact of the matter is, this is at a, a level that, that is massive, and, and I don't care if you're a Republican, a Democrat, a Constitution Party, a Green Party, a, uh, I mean, a, I don't know, Libertarian, whomever. This thing should be at the forefront of our brain and our tongue because America really hinges on whether or not the vote is going to be uh, something that we can trust. Now, you know, I've called for a, a thing in Congress. Now, Congress has investigative uh, powers and responsibilities. And they have done it in the past. Now, they've been whitewashed, uh, just uh, dog and pony eyewash shows. You know, when the uh, uh, Warren Commission, for example, or the 9-11 Commission reports, I mean, I've got them sitting right here with me. Uh, if you want to read grand fiction at the highest level, read those things. They, they really are travesties. But there needs to be a bipartisan or tripartisan or all across the nation a movement to get to the bottom of this because at stake truly is whether or not this nation will remain and, and keep its constitution and everything. I know the constitution is just, in terms of its daily operations, skeletal remains because of the way both parties that are in power have abused it. But, but we've got to start pushing this back. And if, if all Americans aren't involved in this, they are absolutely complicit in the destruction of the nation. And they, our they are, but hold members. on a minute, Doctor. I just want to point this out, though. They are to some degree. But you know what? With the mainstream press the way it is, I don't think most people are getting the information that we're telling you. For example, I, I led with this highlight from the mainstream press. Hey. Biden officially secures enough votes. He just got 55 from California. He got, you know, uh, the required 279, more than 270. The average American believes, you know what, there's a weird allegation of vote fraud because Donald's crazy. Other than that, there's nothing really to this because the mainstream press simply has a blackout and they simply lie about the details. Okay? And they'll say things like, I'll give you an example. It'll say Georgia's Governor Brian Kemp calls for a signature audit after smoking video. That's the headline I have. So Kemp's now concerned where he wasn't before. But here's the way the mainstream will write it. They'll say something like this. Kemp, or Kemp appeases uh, extremists uh, by looking into a, a uh, fake video or a, um, an unsubstantiated video or a, a, a video that's not credible. And they'll go like that to the point where the public really can't get the truth unless they seek for it and listen to places like Liberty Roundtable Live. There's a few others doing the, you know, telling the truth about this. Uh, but how responsible can the nation be without a media that can tell them what's really going on? That's why I believe if we had enough media, Trump would win because we would expose the fraud. We'd create accountability. The people would demand it if they just knew. Your thoughts in seconds. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. 
With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. All right, so I'm maintaining that the people are somewhat responsible, no doubt. But I'm saying to you, without the appropriate media to tell the people the truth, it's going to be very tough for the average American to understand and stand for the truth. It's hard to, to really hold the American people too accountable when they can't even get the information that they would need to make an, an informed decision. Uh, what do you say to that, Dr. Bradley? You know, I, I've always said that we, the people, have the responsibility to maintain our liberty. And if the people are unwilling to do it, uh, we're going to get the kind of government we, we deserve. And, and honestly, I think that we have become so complacent, so complicit, so completely disconnected that, that we're in grave danger at this point. It's time for all Americans. I mean, you know, you say, well, how do you do that? Well, the fact of the matter is you're trying hard to do it. I'm trying hard to do it. There's some out there trying hard to do it. But unless Americans are willing to kind of, you know, dig in and, and make this kind of, it's not just a line in the sand, it's got to be more than a trench in the sand, it's got to be more than a bunker. This thing has got to take on a proportion of movement among the people. And, uh, and you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, Joseph Goebbels, the uh, Nazi propaganda minister, that he says, you tell us lie big enough and long enough, it becomes the truth. That's what the lame brain media has done. They have obtained, and you're a you know, you, you speak of this often, about how they basically obtained the organs of communication in this nation, but people have got to start using that God-given intellect and that brain that's there and start doing their own research. And, and yes, our, I, I have to admit that not only the media and the political parties, but also the education system, everything has collaborated. It's a perfect storm to bring about this uh, apathy that seems to be sweeping the nation among a great many Americans. I, I hope and pray that there'll be enough of a percentage there to, to move the needle and get some good things happening again, though. But, yeah, I mean, it's... it's uh, you may... Maybe you don't remember, because you weren't there. <laughs> Neither was I, in fact. But, I struggle with that in, kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, in 1903, when the, the uh, Communist Party was having a big convention... The Menshevik and the Bolshevik movements came out of this, and Menshevik means minority in uh, in Russian, and Bolshevik means majority. They had a couple of minor disagreements over some organizational things, 
and um, and the, the Lenin side won the, on those little disagreements, and they started calling themselves the majority. Oh well, the majority wants it. Everybody must be for it now. Yeah, that's. I mean, whether it's a COVID thing or it's this political election thing or some other stupid idiot thing that we're being distracted on, we kind of tend to go with the majority, if you will, as Americans and. Honestly, uh, there wasn't hardly a dime's worth of difference between the Mensheviks and Bolsheviks in some of those disagreements, but the Bolsheviks capitalized on it by making it sound like it's an overwhelming tidal wave. Oh, yeah, Biden's been elected. You know, I mean, you can see the transition to that, and, and they, they make everybody say, get on the bandwagon, man. We've got to move forward with this. It's time to do it, and you've got so many in both parties and on the political spectrum and, and the uh, media spectrums that have that have sided with the Bolsheviks, so-called, but haven't really looked at the issues. And, and you've uh, even got clowns, in my opinion, in uh, the Senate with serious, serious um, power and influence in media coverage, but they lack knowledge. Ted Cruz and they the lack Lewis principle. Car- Amen. Say that again, Sam, for me. Ted Cruz in the news. Very good. The headline reads, Ted Cruz calls uh, Lynn Wood a clown who is trying to mislead Georgia voters. Um, You know, it was kind of sad to see that uh, apparently he's not even aware of who uh, Lynn Wood is. Um, And, um, you know, you see this kind of uh, thing, I mean, occasionally when the individuals just are unaware. But... uh, um, they say he was uh, trying to mislead Georgians, um, but uh, what I heard from uh, Lynn Wood was, you know, silly to vote on the same systems that already have uh, misled you or get caused you problems. Yeah, I wouldn't use and, the word uh, silly, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's crazy silly. is the word I would use. What yeah. I'm saying is it's not just like, oh, that's an opinion that's just kind of goofy. That's not really good. This is serious business, folks. Now, here's the problem. Linwood, Sidney Powell, and Matthew Staver of Liberty Council, all three are ca- uh, carrying the same ball about this. Um, so really, when he attacks Linwood, when Ted Cruz attacks Linwood, he's really attacking all three of those attorneys. And in my opinion, Matthew Staver is one of the greatest attorneys in modern times, uh, Dr. Bradley. Well, let's just say for a second here, you know, Americans tend to, you know, they, well, unless you're on the real, real, real fringe, tend to become something of a, well, let's reason about this, let's talk about this, let's uh, um, kind of sit back and let's see how it plays out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but this passion that you might see in some of these individuals that are that are pushing this, that that really isn't something that that we ought to be, you know, if, if it's a passion for proper government and liberty and everything, that's that's something that's good. And and what some of these people play up on is is the idea that, oh, no, these guys, oh, they're just rabble-rousers. They're up there shaking their fist and waving their finger and waving their arms and everything else like that, so they must be whacked out. Well, sometimes a passion for something that is absolutely... Uh, a principle-based solution. Uh, the presentation needs to be looked beyond when you look at the at the principles that are involved. And so, yeah. That, but but I think guys like Ted Cruz are responding to this idea that well, we've got to tone this down. We've got to dial it back. We've got to, you know, button down our collar a little bit and make sure that our tie is straight before we move ahead with this. 
But we're, we really truly are the hinge point, as I said earlier, of this nation. And I believe that, that, that it's time that Americans got a little bit of passion for what this nation was founded on. And, um, and, and yes, we need reasoned, intelligent, articulate, uh, uh, principled leaders to, to kind of take this and move forward with it. But just because somebody has a little passion for liberty doesn't make them a wacko, you know. And I think that's what some, some of these, uh, you know, high-priced spread people are that are sitting in high political places are, are trying to, uh, they're playing off. And, and the sad part is when Ted you know, Cruz dovetails with the media to tell this story, then, hey, most people just think, oh, Len, you know, Lynn Wood's a whack. But what you got to realize, you're talking about Lynn Wood, Sidney Powell, and Matthew Staver all on the same page with this. And those are very well-known, very uh, educated attorneys, they would never put their reputations on the line. There's a bigger story here that Ted Cruz just obliterated single-handedly as a Republican, as a senator, as somebody from the South. You put all that together, and the damage is epic. Kurt? Well, what you have well, actually the, uh, is they uh, – go ahead, Kurt. I, uh, I was I just, just going to say, say that what they do is you, yeah. he gives them a soundbite that they can run with, and that soundbite is right. the only thing most Americans are going to see. Yeah, in the uh, Breitbart piece, it says, uh, quote, uh, I guess Cruz wrote, I don't know who this clown is, but by by saying that, he should say, well, I'm not really uh, equipped to comment about this at all. But then he goes on, he says, but anyone saying America would be better off with Chuck Schumer as majority leader producing huge tax increases, the Green New Deal, massive amnesty, and a packed Supreme Court destroying the Bill of Rights is trying to mislead the people of Georgia. By the way, uh, you know, Mr. Cruz, uh, none of those was said by uh, Lynn Wood and... Uh, what what Lynn said uh, was, they have not earned your vote. Talking about the two senators uh, there from Georgia, he says, don't you give it to them. Why would you go back and vote in another rigged election, for God's sake? Fix it. you got to fix it. And, uh, you know, as far as I could see, that's correct, isn't it? Well, and that just shows what a clown poor old, you know, <clears throat> Ted Cruz is, but it also shows the point that I'm making about the media. Most folks are going to see that soundbite, and they're going to say, hey, you know what? <clears throat> Ted Cruz is a conservative. So am I. He represents the Republicans. And, you know, I don't know about this Lynn whacked out guy. And people aren't going to get the real story at all. But, man, that's missing the boat. And that's kind of my There's point. Some, uh... It's hard for me to hold the people responsible when that's all they get. And there's some reports that uh, say basically even from Breitbart that say that uh, Lynn Wood contributed to uh, the uh, Democrat Party and that kind of thing. It's, this is down further in the article. It says records show that Wood has voted in every general election dating back to 2000. Also show that Wood has not voted in Republican primary since 2004, but requested Democrat ballots in the 06, 08, 2010, and 2018 primary elections, Breitbart News reported. That means that even when Trump was president in the 2018 midterm elections, Wood requested a Democrat primary ballot in Georgia and voted for Democrats in the primary in the state while Trump was universally backing Republicans there. Wood also did not request a primary ballot at all in 2016 or 2020, both years in which Trump was on the ballot in the Republican primaries. 
Um, there's some uh, comments from Wood that refute this as well. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm just kind of wondering about where things all are. But I'll tell you where things all are. The mainstream that. press is so manipulative that people can't vote for the truth. That's all. And even if they do vote for the truth, they get frauded out of it. The problem is we don't have enough wherewithal to set the record straight. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Pennsylvania has certified its election results, but 64 state Republicans have signed a letter Friday urging Congress to not commit to the state's 20 electoral votes for Democrat Joe Biden. Senator Pat Toomey, a frequent critic of President Trump, vowed he will not be objecting to Pennsylvania's slate of electors. Democrat State Representative Malcolm Kenyatta called the Republican signatories hostages of their own misinformation campaign. Some legal scholars are siding with Trump campaign, saying the legislature was unlawfully overwritten on election law by Democrat leaders and their friends in the state courts. With mounting voter fraud evidence, the sworn testimony from poll workers, the video from inside State Farm Arena in Georgia in the middle of the night, Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani says Georgia has a responsibility. That the founding fathers gave to our legislatures. They're the ones who are supposed to select the president, not the governors, not the board of elections. They're the ones who have the constitutional obligation to decide on the electors. So in Georgia, they're going to do that. USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. I've been taking vitamins off and on my whole adult life, and I've never seen any change. Not like this, not since I've been on balance of nature. I used to take prescription medication for uh, muscle aches and stuff. I don't take that anymore. I wish I would have started it back when I first heard about it on the radio. And if I can give Balance of Nature any advice, keep it out on the radio because I still hear these commercials from time to time, and I'm thinking, you know, you people need to listen up. I mean, I'm over 50. And, you know, your body starts wearing down. But now with nature has literally changed my life. It really has. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. Two Washington state women thought derailing a train was a good idea. USA Radio News Val Dior explains. Two Bellingham, Washington women are accused of terrorism after a shunt was placed on train tracks in Whatcom County, an act that could cause a train to derail or decouple, endangering the public, according to the U.S. Department of Justice. That DOJ press release describes how a shunt disrupts the low-level electrical current on the tracks and can disable various safety measures. Ellen Brennan Reich is 23 years old and Samantha Francis Brooks is 27. The two were arrested on the BNSF railway tracks near Bellingham and charged with a terrorist attack and other violence against a railroad. There have been 41 incidents involving shunts since January 2020 in Washington state. From the Texas USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Val Dior. Bellingham, Washington is on the I-5 near the Canadian border. Two Monday night football games tonight, Bills at 49ers and Washington at Pittsburgh. First game is at 5 p.m. Eastern, USA Radio News. Very good, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being alongside here on Liberty Roundtable from the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Uh, Sam and, uh, well, Sam Bushman, Kirk Crosby, and uh, Dr. Scott Bradley uh, on the uh, 
program with you. Uh, we were just talking about the uh, comment that uh, Ted Cruz made uh, apparently um, on a Breitbart piece where he wasn't aware of Lynn Woods. Uh, then later in the Breitbart piece, Lynn Wood, the, uh, in, well, in my opinion, uh, pretty impressive attorney from Georgia, um, was accused of basically being a Democrat, uh, uh, I guess you could say uh, supporter. And uh, they say that uh, Wood has donated, uh, you know, more than 40000 over the course of more than a decade to Democrats at the federal and state level. Kind of makes you think of the uh, the accusations against the president uh, in the past. Uh, and then it says Wood refuted Breitbart's news report, insisting he supports President Donald Trump despite contradicting the president calls for voters to turn out for Purdue and Loeffler. I just, he says, quote, Breitbart is dishonest. Historically, I am nonpartisan this year. I was partisan because I love at real Donald Trump. He wrote a uh, listing various Republicans to whom he has recently donated. The president himself reportedly called Wood and attorney Sidney Powell, who has been working alongside Wood and said that while he appreciated them fighting for election integrity, they should stop telling Georgia voters to boycott the runoff election. Uh, Trump has repeatedly urged Georgians to vote for Purdue and Loeffler. Yeah, you should continue to vote in the corrupt system and just keep that corrupt system up and running, uh, don't you think, Dr. Bradley? You know, I, I'll comment something a little bit about uh, Georgia politics. Um, some some states are a real enigma. Uh, well, the whole nation is right now to me. It's a it's kind of like universal insanity. But but in Georgia, there was a guy elected uh, a number of decades ago. His name was Larry McDonald. He was a Democrat. He was a physician. He he wore out shoe leather, going door to door, trying to get people to understand what was at stake and everything else like that. He got to Congress. He was put in Congress. And he was really making a difference. He was a Democrat. He was probably one of the most principled Congress persons, if you will, in Congress in recent decades. You know, Ron Paul would have to be in there, too. Ron Paul was a libertarian, basically. This guy was a Democrat. And Larry McDonald. Larry McDonald was the, um, the lead guy in the John Birch Society. And he was making such a difference because he became kind of a go-to guy. I mean, one vote. Oh, what can one vote do? But people were coming to him and saying, hey, Larry, what, what do you think about this issue? What do you think about that issue? And while he was in Congress, the Congress was decidedly moving towards a more constitutional platform. He was making a difference. Now, he was shot down in KAL 007. I believe he was the target that was purposely done. And you remember all of the phony baloney nonsense that happened in the United Nations and, and Ronald Reagan and all that kind of stuff. But that American congressman was shot down, and I believe it was to remove him from office. Now, So he was a Democrat. And this gets back to what I was saying earlier. This isn't a Democrat or a Republican or a Libertarian or a Constitution or a Green Party issue. This is an issue of restoring America. Dr. Now, Bradley, very... honesty is the issue. True. True. It truly is. So, yeah, we, we need to recognize that, that principle, truth, I mean, it's, let's, again, I've told you many times, in front of me, every time I'm sitting here on the radio with you is a plaque I have. There is but one straight course, and that is to seek truth and pursue it steadily. And that's George Washington's affirmation. I believe we need to do this. And, and, and if, if truth comes from a, a given source, I, 
I don't discount it because it has an R or a D or an L or whatever behind it. Amen. I believe that truth should be pursued, and, and I believe that if we're directed in the right pathway with good and caring Americans, um, we can come back. I mean, yes, we can, count. but the Republicans are shooting themselves in the foot, though, with Ted Cruz attacking Lynn Woods, with President Trump saying Lynn Woods and Sidney Powell, they shouldn't, you know, really expose the fraud to that degree. What You know, what they're saying is, hey, don't tell people not to vote in the elections. But if you listen to Purdue, Purdue has an interesting statement, and I want to square this with the Republicans. Kurt? Very good, Sam. Yeah, the headline from uh, Breitbart says, Purdue signature matching anomalies that happened in November cannot happen in January. Okay, so for Purdue to call them anomalies, make, just downplays it to the point where it's no big deal. There was, a, there was a glitch here or there, no big deal, and that it can't happen again in January. Well, if you listen to the Trump administration, and Giuliani and the other lawyers or Purdue, it's not really a big deal. We just got to stop it from happening in January. If you believe in what Sidney Powell and Lynn Woods and Matt Staver and others are saying, this is too big to ignore. It will happen again. Uh, you won't be able to stop it. The fraud is so pervasive, so large that we need to really do the elections over and we need to go back to paper ballots or do something drastic to put people in prison. If we just go, oh, it was an anomaly and we can't have those anomalies happen again, we're not really taking on the real issue. This reminds me of the talk show host, Kurt, that I've always complained about. They bring you to the point where they admit there's trouble, but they never bring you to the point of real solutions, Kurt. Well, that's a great point, Sam, and you're exactly right. Uh, now do you want to go over the Patrick Byrne one? Sure. Okay. The headline from uh, this is the IB Times uh, says, Who is Patrick Byrne? Mark, overstock founder under fire after claiming he can save election. Megan Manning writes the piece uh, from the 28th of November, says a Trump supporter and conservative says he can gather a team of hackers and crackers uh, uh, to save the election and have Trump become president again. Patrick Byrne, the founder of Overstock.com, is no stranger to controversial topics. He was asked to step down as CEO of the company last year when he had a relationship with a Russian spy, and now he's claiming he knows how to fix the fraud in the election. I never heard about the Russian spy thing. But anyway, it says, like Trump's accusations, so you can tell how this thing's going, but it says, Byrne believed that the Democrats had something to do with the election and how Joe Biden had so many votes. Uh, he, he told YouTube channels and various podcasts this past week that he has funded an army of hackers, cyber sleuths, and people with odd skills to crack the fraud, according to the Daily Beast. His claims were, again, similar to those of the Trump administration's. He explains how the voting machines were compromised or miscounted, but has, they say, no proof of this. There's no evidence, they say, whether whatsoever, and it goes on. But the bottom line is uh, Patrick Byrne, um, you know, he, he jumped into the middle of things here in Utah uh, with the... Uh, uh, choice in uh, education thing a while back, and he's putting some money where his mouth is, Sam. There you have it. So, Dr. Bradley, that's kind of what I'm saying is that it's very tough for the average American to even get a handle on what's really true, what's not, what's going on. It's hard for them to be incensed. I mean, I'm not in Georgia. There's not much I can do about Georgia or uh, many of these states that are contested in Utah. <clears throat> they say it's not contested. I'm not so sure that's true that we have honest elections in Utah either. Uh, and Utah kind of backing away from it saying, hey, we don't want to get scrutinized here. 
Well, indeed, uh, I'm confident that Utah has corruption as much as any other state. I mean, it's uh, but but you know, it's you notice how everybody puts this uh, if they're opposed to something. Oh, you have no proof. Well, what's proof? Well, proof would be something uh, proven without a shadow of a doubt in a in a court system, and until that happens, there's no proof. Well, the fact of the matter is, evidence leads you in a direction, and you pursue the evidence until you come up with, the, you know, what really is the truth, and and. Everybody should be saying, let's follow any evidence we've got. This is an American survival moment. And, and that's why and I say that I don't see how we can allow the mainstream press to stand and say, hey, because, you know, there was a certification in California by whacked out Newsom and others uh, that, hey, you know what? Trump now at lost and Biden now won. And wait a minute. We've got the Electoral College. We've got other states that haven't certified. Uh, we've got a situation where, you know what, uh, Biden even promised in the debate that he would not declare victory until all the I's were dotted and T's were crossed. You've got to solve these lawsuits, these allegations. You've got to have the electoral college vote. You've got to have all states certify. And then, you know what, if those certifi- certifications are contested, that's another uh, discussion. We're not even close to done yet, if you're honorable, sir. No, the, the election has not occurred. It has not occurred. That's a plain and simple fact. I mean, what happened was a selection in, in the uh, November 3rd thing that will lead to electors and, lead, and the electors leading to the election and those counting the votes. I mean, the election hasn't occurred. And, and, and it's interesting to me, as I think back, uh, Hillary Clinton uh, admonished in the strongest of terms that uh, Joe Biden never concede the victory. Until everything was all said and done, and 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 here's Trump doing it, and they're saying, "Oh, that poor loser! I mean, he he wants to pick up the ball and go home. He's the one that's a, he's throwing a tantrum and everything like that." But Hillary Clinton was the one that admonished Joe Biden to never, ever, under any circumstances, concede the election. And so it's it's not done until it's done. And I fear that the way the media is playing it is going to end up in some real challenging circumstances for the whole nation. Regardless not of not because there's not fraud, not because the truth isn't there, but because the people can't get the truth. And yeah, so you got the, the swamp in bed with the media, and I'm afraid even with the truth, it's not enough to overcome it without the people engaged. We'll talk about it. Sam Curtin, a good doctor on the radio. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, 
you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, Dr. Bradley, Kirk Crosby, Sam Bushman. So I'm just saying, hey, with a media in bed with a swamp, you know what? It might be too much for a few of us patriots to overcome. It's hard for the average American to get the truth and know what's going on. I'll tell you that right now. It's certainly hard for them to push for what's right when they can't even get the news to know uh, what's right and what's going on. Republican congressional candidate in the news, Kurt. Hey, Sam and Kurt, just a minute. Before you go yeah. on, something just struck me. Uh-huh. Uh, today's the 79th anniversary of the Pearl Harbor thing, okay? Yes, and um, and so here we have a sneak attack, a dastardly attack, a day of infamy, if you will, that was exercised on America. There were people in high places. I think there's enough evidence that I can strongly state that and defend it. The people in high places in this nation were complicit in that. It was an attack that was, that was carried out by those that were seeking to destroy the nation. And here we are, 79 years from that, and we're under a sneak attack. People in high places, the deep state, this uh, media thing that we're talking about, it was, a, it was an effort that was well thought out, well planned. FDR was not surprised by this thing. In fact, he, he goaded this thing to happen. This whole thing that's happening to America right now, in my mind, it's analogous to the Pearl Harbor thing and as, as a much greater threat to that. Now, just I throw that out for people to think about because the people that have done this would not take, they would not hesitate to take any virtue, any life, anything of principle or purity or anything. They would solely anything to destroy what this nation is. And I think that Pearl Harbor was an isolated incident with, with people in high places. But this is a similar thing, and it's so broadly based. It, to me, it's hard to, to not pick up the analogy. But maybe your listeners can think about that through the day as we commemorate the 79th anniversary, as we watch a day of infamy go down that is, is smeared over so far over a month since then, and, and I think it's going to last a lot longer. Anyway, go on with your discussion. It was just a, a thought that came across my little pea brain here as I was sitting here thinking, man alive, this is as dastardly and in, a day of infamy as much as anything that happened at Pearl Harbor. My response is sad tale to tell, but a truism, and that again, they, because of the media and the swamp, we didn't have the ability to, to get the truth out on that one enough to have the people demand um, you know, different results. And, and this is kind of the problem that I'm seeing. The pattern that I'm seeing is, hey, I just can't expect the people to get it right uh, when they can't get the information. And I can't expect us to, uh, you know, have honest elections. Uh, this is what the, the people have allowed secret combinations to get above them to such a degree to where now I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence that it can be overturned unless we start doing the right things. If we become moral as a people, if we demand accountability in the media, 
if we drain the swamp by electing people that are constitutional, I'm not saying we could never change it, but we're not going to change it on just a wing and a prayer. Uh, a prayer is vital, but you got to back it up by showing the Lord you're serious. In other words, you got to make your prayers take flight with action on your own side and, and do your very best and trust in Almighty for the rest. But a Republican candidate's in trouble now, Kurt. Very good, Sam. Uh, yeah, the uh, let's see. Um, I'm trying to see which one that one is. Is oh yeah, okay. Uh, the one that may lose now. Uh, you know how they talked about the you gotta just keep counting until you win. And in this case, uh, the story's coming to us from the Western Journal. Randy DeSoto says Republican congressional candidate may now lose after 55 uncounted ballot ballots were found. Um, you know, anyway, that's that's the bottom line is you got standard. fraud on the local level. The point that we're getting at is this isn't fraud just at the presidential level. It's fraud all up and down the system and it affects every state. I don't know if it affects every race because I think they're smart enough not to commit fraud in the ones they don't need to. Uh, and so there you have it. But uh, the fraud is at an all time high in elections. And the problem is the truth doesn't seem to matter. Courts don't seem to care. Legislative bodies don't seem to care. They just seem to minimize it and say, hey. Not a big deal. And the people without knowledge and without the truth can't really do much about it is the sad part about that reality check we seem to be facing. Um, what's this one? Project Veritas, Kurt. Very good, Sam. And uh, if you're unfamiliar with Project Veritas, ladies and gentlemen, it's a, uh, you know, a guy named... Uh, Trying to remember James O'Keefe, but the, James O'Keefe, and uh, he, along with a number of I call them pretty intrepid individuals, uh, they go in and undercover uh, do news stories or news. Uh, I guess you could say just uh, get some real news. And in this case, uh, they uh, went in, and uh, the headline reads: Project Veritas strips CNN naked. It says. Uh, Project Veritas expose of CNN's behind-the-scenes conference calls shows that the network's slogan should be, we won't fully report so you can't knowledgeably decide. And it goes along with what you're saying, Sam. Uh, but it's interesting how uh, uh, there's so few people that I think really make a difference one way or the other. There were very few in the founding era and very few, I think, at this time. Uh, but... Uh, Hopefully, uh, people like uh, James O'Keefe and others, uh, you know, along with uh, Liberty Council, Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, you know, some of those different folks are teaming up with people that will make a difference. Uh, Dr. Scott Bradley working hard, you as well. Um, and so uh, that's where we were. Yeah, we the only part of this headline I have a problem with is they say, hey, you know, the corrupt media's greatest threat to democracy. It's not a threat to democracy, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have a democracy, okay? Good point. And you can say this is a small point, Sam. You're playing games with words, and I would say, no, you're playing games with words. It's a huge point. And you're either ignorant or you're doing it intentionally. I don't know which, and I don't care. We need to set the record straight. And let's do it by this newly elected congresswoman. I think she can help us understand the truth here. Kurt? Good point, Sam. Uh, this uh, newly elected congresswoman is... Uh, well, from Rifle, Colorado, and uh, she basically, uh, that's the one we're talking about, right, Sam? Well, it says this. I don't know how many you have that start out and say Sorry. newly elected congressman, woman, but this one says newly elected congresswoman who grew up in the Soviet 
Ukraine. Oh, yeah, yeah. She gives a stark warning about socialism. And I bring this up because it's the real answer, folks, to knowing the truth. Yes, you're right. Yeah, that's right. Do you have a lot of those ones like that? Uh, No, I just wasn't on the right page for where you you wanted me to go. Sorry about that. Yeah, this is the one that Um, she really has a clue what she's talking about here, Kurt. She's a native of... That's right. She's a native of Eastern Europe. Victoria Spartz, S-P-A-R-T-Z, has seen life under socialism up close and knows the damage it can do. She's a newly elected American congresswoman. She's in a position to stop it from destroying the United States. Uh, She was the underdog winner of a race in Indiana's 5th Congressional District to replace a retiring rep there. Uh, In an interview, uh, the Ukraine native explained why she got into politics in her adopted country. She said, I grew up in a socialist country. I grew up in socialism. I saw what happens when it runs out of money, and it's not pretty. Uh, so, you know, anyway, uh, there's there's a new star, we hope. Well, and in uh, my opinion, somebody speaking out who uh, we should really be listening to. But again, will the main press get that info, Doctor? I'll tell you what. It's funny you bring up this Ukrainian connection. The other day, my wife and I were, were down and out with a, um, a shopping spree. You know, you have to buy groceries occasionally. And uh, there was an unmasked woman that was in a store that, uh, and my wife struck up a conversation with her, like, "Oh, thank you for not wearing a mask." At any rate, it, this woman had a very, very heavy accent. We spent, oh, I don't know if it was two hours, probably an hour, hour and a half, something like that, talking with this woman. She was from Ukraine, and you should have heard her blistering analysis of what America is doing, and, and the mass bandit thing, the, the shutdowns, the, the business destruction, the, the social distancing. She said, this is right out of the playbook of how they lived under the communist Soviet world. And, and here's someone that tasted it, smelled it up close, and experienced it in every way possible, and she was absolutely livid about what America was doing. She's been here for a few years now. And, and she said, we're on the path that the Ukraine and all these other former Soviet uh, satellite countries followed. And she says, you Americans are too stupid to see it. I mean, she was just on a roll. And, and so, yes, if the people have smelled it and tasted it and lived it, some of these people are terrified with what this nation is doing and this panic-demic thing that's a phony baloney approach to destroy everything American and actually literally facilitated the destruction of our election. And, and it was purposely planned, I believe. But at any rate, all of this stuff is being carried out purposely. And it's done by people that do not have the best interests of regular Americans. They do not have a love of this country. And they're in high places. And I would put our governor right there in the state of Utah. And and I think our future governor, the elect, is going to be worse than he is. So, yes, these things are happening. And you bring up a Ukrainian woman. People that have escaped from Ukraine are are speaking out when we get to give them a chance. And I, I'm glad we got a, a congressperson there that's, uh, that's going to maybe be able to bring this to the forefront because she's lived it. Well, and this is where I say, though, you know, how many people will hear her comments? How many people will really hear about the truth about masks to where they know masks are completely bogus and they don't work? And, you know, we play the soundbite from the the um, doctor in Canada 
You know, Rand Paul has been speaking out pretty boldly on the congressional floor uh, in the Senate. But how many people really hear that? Most people just hear over and over and over. You have no choice. Mask is your only way. And they don't have the truth. They can't embrace something they don't know about. And so I don't mean to keep hammering this point home, but I don't see how we're going to change the game until we get the word out where enough people can stand together. You know, it's interesting to me. I I guess I kind of live in my own little world. I, I've gone on with my life, and and uh, we breathe the fresh air, and, and we enjoy the sunshine, and God's great creation and everything like that. And and, and so for me, I, I find it difficult to understand the terror that most people that are in the lame brain media mode. They watch the news, they go to public education, they hear the speeches by the governor and so on and so forth. And I had an experience yesterday, and and actually last Sunday too, that just absolutely almost left me despondent because of how despondent so many people are that are believing that that owing it awful, we're all going to die. And I hear young people Beautiful young people, 14 years old, that are saying they're going to kill themselves. These these things are absolutely disgusting to me, and we have put this nation in such a bucket of hurt, so much despair, so much hopelessness, and, and it's just a death spiral, and it's being fed by the media. And I think we need to look at, we need to look up. God's plan is a joyous plan. We're part of a, a universe. Our body is a part of a, a system that was designed to weather these kinds of storms. Amen to that. And Let I- me finish by saying this, Dr. Bradley, and I hate to take the last line, but I've got to. Last night I watched a devotional from the First Presidency or the Apostles and Prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It was called the Christmas Devotional. You can find it, churchofjesuschrist.org, and it'll be available there where you can watch it. And I'm telling you, if you want a message of faith and a message of hope, and if you want to point to the real solutions, they are in the Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom this season we worship, uh, in this season we celebrate and honor, and uh, in our lives we uh, do our very best to become like the Savior, Jesus Christ. In my opinion, that devotional last night that I watched gave me tremendous hope and comfort and strength, and I highly recommend it to you as well. With that, we'll call it a wrap. For Dr. Scott Bradley, Kirk Crosby, Sam Bushman, God save the Republic of the United States of America.